Welcome to your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. We are not going back, not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we're converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the Fruited Plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. As always, I'm delighted to be with you to share what I believe is just basic common sense conservatism. I'm a mom. I've got five sons. I've been happily married for 25 years. Uh, I love this country. I believe in what we're doing on this program. And, And I know that it's not always fun to hear the things we have to talk about. But yet day after day, here you are pulling up your your chair, gathering around the table, And having the conversation that we have to have. And I want to thank you for that. Because it's important. We've got a good show today. I hope I never say i got a bad show for you today. But today I really like. I think they got a lot of information you're not going to hear everywhere else. And we treat you the way you deserve to be treated. Because you know. You understand. You see. You are awake. You are aware. And so we just like to nudge you to the next level. If you're new. Wendy Bell Radio Network app. Follow us the live stream there, Wendy Bell Radio Podcast. Also on Rumble, you can watch the live stream. However you get us, thank you for being here. We hope you keep coming back because we've got lots of room for you. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. I think one of the hardest things about any kind of an enlightenment is to realize for how long you were in the dark. When you see things and then you look back in time at at various things that popped up in your journey and you did not see them the way you presently see them. And you can feel stupid, but don't because this is a process for all of us. And, And I think if you're not inherently a lousy, corrupt, scheming, thieving individual. If you live your life according to that golden rule and you're doing the best you can with your own family, working hard, trying to find joy, it's hard to see through the lens of someone who is not like you, someone who has a dollar amount, someone who can be bought, someone for whom power is this very enticing, dangling carrot. And if you start seeing people through that lens, you become more awake and you realize how many people around you really don't share the same values. And that's a good thing, right? We're constantly 
shedding people in our life and meeting new people, the evolution of your circle of life continues. But this enlightenment is very interesting because you start to become not suspicious per se, doubting. You're harder to scam. You're harder to fool. And the media become more desperate in carving some kind of propaganda into your life, the more awakened and enlightened you are. It is my hypothesis that the Democratic Party has already given in to the fact that Donald Trump will be reelected. Now, I have no idea what's going to happen between here and November. But from what I'm seeing and the panic and the stories they're trying to put out there as smoke screens to us indicates to me that they are pretty assured that Donald Trump is going to win re-election. And what they are doing now is shoring up support for their favorite pet projects. Many of them revolve around protecting the billions of dollars in the Inflation Reduction Act, which covers as an umbrella all of these green climate initiatives, which suck. And so what we're going to see here is a, a constant barrage, an assault on Donald Trump. It's all they know how to do. It's what they do. But it's feeling a little bit more desperate now. And we're going to walk through some audio sound bites that I hope will, will prove this to you. Before we go there, remember how important it is for you to doubt, to question to not take at face value. And I think collectively we can agree that we've been a we've been lied to so much in the last 8 years, 10 years, maybe even going back to Barack Obama. I mean hell. We could say from the beginning. But we've been lied to so much and people have corrupted data and the media have told bogus stories and then they launched fact checkers on us when we started sniffing out the truth. You can connect all these dots. And you realize that you can't take anything these people say. I'm talking politicians. I'm talking the media. What you see on social media. You can't take it at face value. You need to now do more research. And it is empowering. It is time consuming. Look, this is, this is the time that we need to spend digging into the truth of the people who are talking to us. And here's why I say this. So I stumbled upon an article this morning on The Federalist. TheFederalist.com, and the headline is, Dark Money Group Peddles Viral Disinformation to Frame GOP Senate Candidate as a Clueless Elite. These are the sorts of things that are worthy of our review and our scrutinizing. And here's the story, okay? Because these sorts of stories are going to bubble up in your zip code, too. A Midwestern media outlet selectively clipped the announcement speech for a Wisconsin Senate candidate this week. A left-wing dark money group masquerading as a Midwestern newspaper selectively clipped the announcement speech for a Wisconsin Senate candidate to frame the businessman as a heartless and clueless elite. His name is Eric Hovde. And he launched his campaign to unseat Democrat incumbent Senator Tammy Baldwin Tuesday. Heartland Signal, a political newspaper based in Chicago, published a 44-second segment 
from Hovde's speech where he addressed the crisis on the U.S. southern border. And he said this, it's not just a humanitarian crisis for our country, but do you know how many lives are lost on that journey to get here? How many people's life savings have been wiped out by the human trafficking cartels and they've lost 100,000 children that they can't account for? Let me assure you, Hovde said, more than a few of them have ended up being sexually trafficked. I know this all too well. My brother and I have homes all over the world, and we have three in Central America that deal with issues like this. Now, Heartland Signal, which is a leftist digital website backed by Democrat donors, posted that snippet of the clip of the clip on Twitter with the caption that read this. Hovde says he understands the tragedy of children being trafficked through Central America because he owns three homes there. It was wildly misleading, purposefully misleading. And that post received 383,000 views before a community note was attached to offer accurate context. Well, Eric Hovde and Hovde Homes, by the way, are shelters that the Havdi Foundation has built around the world to support children, including those who have been trafficked, the note read. They aren't residential homes, as this post suggests. So the Midwestern News Group published a follow-up post offering the right context. And as you would imagine, that post received a fraction of the views of its misleading post. The original, 383,000. The follow-up, 4,800. So these are the games. By the way, Eric Havdi and his family, this foundation, they operate all around the world. They've spent $14 million. I mean, grassroots dudes. How disgustingly misleading. This is what we are going to see. This is what's going to hit your inbox. This is what's going to roll up on your front stoop if you still get a, an actual hard copy newspaper. This is what you're going to see when you flip on the news. And this is what you need to be so aware of. What is at stake if you aren't? Think about it. You've got to question everything. You've got to dig deeper than the headlines. You have to research the sources who are used in these articles. Find out who these people are. Who pays their salaries? Check their financing. Look at the lobbying. Research your representatives. Dig deeply into the people who want your vote. And don't take smear campaigns at face value. Now, that involves doing something real. We are at that critical moment, ladies and gentlemen. Don't take my word for it. Don't let this be your sole source of information. Use this as your jumping off point every day. Because once you unravel and pull one thread and you see the whole sweater start to unravel, my, 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 is that a powerful tool? That is my message today because we're going to dig deeper into the people you're going to hear from today. We're going to dig deeper into their words. And you can too. When we come back, some of those voices that underscore my thesis today that the noose is tightening 
next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, it's interesting. I'm looking just as I told you this original example of this one Wisconsin Senate race and this dark money group connected to, you know, Democrat donors, instead of doing anything that's positive or beneficial or advancing a candidate with better ideas that can flush out in an election, they've got to go in the back door and they've got to muddy the waters. Then they've got to sully the story. And then they have to try to sell it to you as something that you will, as a drive-by consumer of information, make your mind up. And you'll see his name, Eric Hovde, and say, ah, I know, I know that name. That guy's rich. He's got three homes in other places, and he says he's seen human trafficking. Well, it's kind of pivotal that they left out the part that he runs a freaking foundation that has spent, what, millions of dollars in foreign countries. A click of your mouse gives you these details. And by the way, that click of the same mouse shows you the background of the funders of these people, this Midwestern newspaper outlet, which really is not funded by future now action, which is dark. And it's completely funded by suck. Not people who love America, people who want to ruin America, people who want to steal your vote want to ram through a bunch of crap that sucks and make you pay for it and then be mystified that there's a movement to make America great again. It's so baffling, isn't it? The disconnect, though, it's truly remarkable because when you live with common sense and you tend to see the world at 30,000 feet the way we say we do, you can see all of the players down below aligning. And it's like, I want to I want to shake some of these people. I want to go to Kathy Hochul and I want to say, sister, you you are so out of touch. Do you not see what is going on in your state? Do you you not see that in the last year or two, a trillion dollars of investment of, of business capital has moved away from New York? Why do you think that is? It's because your brand of crazy is no longer compatible with our views of freedom. And as such, we don't want to pay your taxes. We don't want to live in your unsafe communities. And now with Joe Biden's open border, who knows what the hell is going to come at you on the street? And they're leaving. I want you to hear... Some of these voices. We'll start with Kathy Hochul. And this is this is her response to people pushing back. The Kevin O'Leary's and the other people in the in the investment and capital industry who are saying New York is a loser state. Why would anybody invest in New York if a judge can come down and, and punish Donald Trump with hundreds of millions of dollars in ridiculous fines, penalties for doing nothing wrong? Why on earth would we roll the dice? Well, here's Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York's response to those of you out there, you common sense conservatives who feel similarly. Listen. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town, get out of town. Because you don't represent our values. 
You are not New Yorkers. Wow. Get on a get on a bus. Get out of town. They are. That's exact that's exactly what they're doing. And they're taking their money with them. You know who can afford to leave? People with money. You know who can't? People without. And the people without are now being displaced by people who are not from here. Now you think about that, Kathy. How long is that going to last? Good luck, lady. Good luck. Now, Dan Goldman in the Race to the Bottom Award. Here's Dan Goldman talking again about Trump and the Russians. Trump and the Russians. You know better than this tired old storyline. He thinks you're stupid and you don't go. Every election, it seems, the Republicans fall in favor with the Russians and are used either, (laughs) as you said, wittingly or unwittingly by Russian intelligence to try to interfere in the election. You'll remember in 2016, Donald Trump says, Russia, if you're listening, find Hillary Clinton's emails. Five hours later, they searched for them and fished them and hacked them and got them. Wow. Think about it. Think about how afraid they must be to trot out people like that, to spew lie after lie after lie, and to think that you're too dumb to know. And my final example of how the Uniparty, the establishment, the swamp, whatever you want to call it, how they feel the noose is tightening too, that the days of their grifting are numbered. Carrie Lake sent out a tweet. I don't know why, but she sent out something to Megan McCain, John McCain's daughter, and said, hey, we're both Republicans. Why don't we just work together? Both of our fathers died from cancer. We are united more than we are different. Let's come together. Let's work together in the great state of Arizona. Let's make inroads and progress. Let's do it for the sake of our children and for the next generation. Megan McCain writes back and says, basically, no peace, biatch. Now, now that is exactly what I'm talking about today. It's not about unity. It's not about American exceptionalism. It's not about protecting democracy. It's about protecting the grift. And the days are numbered. And the clock is ticking. And they know it. Coming up next, I want you to hear a couple of sound bites from Donald Trump from that South Carolina town hall. Because that speaks volumes about why they're afraid. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, I think the the thing that's most different about people who would be in our camp, and as much as I'd like to say we are one giant melting pot of kumbaya, that day is done. I'm sorry. It's done. In fact, I have no interest in negotiating with, arguing with, going back and forth with, Democrats and people who do not see what has been done to this country. I have no time. And that's a terrible thing to say. But it's factual. 
I don't have time to keep these people up to speed or get them up to speed. Do you not see? Do you not see what you have done? Unwittingly or not? Conversation is not, not going to happen. They've pushed us to a place, and it's under the umbrella MAGA, but it's, it's more than an acronym. It's not even about making America great. It's about preventing it from being destroyed. We're on a rescue mission. This is now dire. And we're not in it to lose. Period. There is something greater than Donald Trump. He might be the de facto face of and leader of this movement. But it is a source of pride. There is a there is a fight to the death mentality that has been awakened in, in tens, if not hundreds of millions of Americans. And we see through very clear eyes the death of our country. I find it interesting the pushback on Tucker Carlson regarding his interview with Vladimir Putin. For no other reason than to just be butthurt that he scored an interview that there's not a snowball's chance in hell they could have. Now, if these people could put their egos aside and just listen, just, just listen to the words that those men exchanged for an hour a couple weeks ago, and then you decide. Are you going to believe all of this stuff that Dan Goldman is pushing when you listen to Vladimir Putin? Who knows if he's a, if he's a great liar? He might be. Whatever. But do you really think that he's the greatest threat? That he's working with Donald Trump? The guy who we know who wants Joe Biden to win? The guy who we know wanted Hillary Clinton to win? The, the, the person who was framed in a 2016 CIA set up a lie that was fortified by bogus documents, ridiculous allegations, fake news, and hysterical media, and then pushed, of course, by hacks in Congress. And we're supposed to believe that now, now this time, this time it's really true. I mean, that one was kind of like, ah, we kind of made that one up. But this one, we totally serious. This I'm serious about. Seriously. Really? So I stumbled upon this extra content from a Fox town hall that we brought you several snippets of Trump sound yesterday. Let's hear what he says. Let's, let's hear how he thinks. Let's hear how he manages questions from the crowd, not as a test, but as just a little pacifier that not everything is lost because it's easy to feel like that. There was an extra clip, eight minutes or so, that didn't make the live broadcast or the, the pre-recorded but taped as live broadcast. And so Fox put it out yesterday. And there are some snippets of sound in there that are unusual because it's not usually what we talk about. And in this audio soundbite, Laura Ingram is going to ask Donald Trump about his sense of humor. She says, you know, you're a funny guy. You're a, you're a funny person. And are you planning on, how do you plan to use 
your sense of humor to attract the attention of people who are not really politically inclined to bring them over to your message. I have no idea why the hell she asked that question because that's so far from my mind. So far from my mind. And you can tell from his answer that he feels similarly. He has a steely resolve. He is singularly focused. This is the answer. Listen. I don't think I want to be a comedian uh, with respect (laughs) to the campaign. We have a country that's dying. We have a country that's a it's a failing nation. I say it in my speeches. So it's a failing nation. We have a nation in decline. We are a nation in decline. I just don't think it's a subject that we're smiling too much about. When I see 18 million by the time he leaves, I think that's going to be the number 18 million people coming in from places unknown. We have no idea who they are, but they are terrorists. We're going to have massive terrorism. We're going to have a big problem with terrorists. We're going to have a lot of problems. We have to get the, and especially the bad ones. And remember what I said, the local police force, you have a great family right there, the Heinz family sitting in the front row. They lost their daughter to an illegal alien that came in and we threw him out and he was gone. And he came back in, just came back in and he his, their daughter was killed by an illegal immigrant that came in during the Biden administration. So sad. So I just don't see that much humor in what we're doing. This is a very serious charge. And this is a very serious thing I'm doing. And I don't want to be, you know, if I, if I start talking with a smile, they'll say he smiled because the fake news is just terrible. He smiled. What was he smiling about? Mm. And I don't really want to smile. There's not, I want to smile when we complete the task and make America great again. I'll smile. Now, if everybody out there who doesn't understand how we feel would listen to that, so much confusion would go away. That is how we feel. I can't look at the video at the border anymore. If I see one more person who's a young man who looks angry, whether or not they are. I'm going to lose my mind. 18 million people that Joe Biden has led into this country. Who knows what they've brought with them? Who knows what their intentions are? Think about the job to unravel that nightmare. There's nothing to laugh about in that regard. How do you make sure you're surrounded by the right people who support your agenda this time? This is a very interesting question, and I think his answer is very enlightening. Listen. When I was elected, I was in Washington 17 times in my entire life, and I never stayed over. I wasn't a Washington person. So I had to rely on, in some cases, rhinos, in some cases, well-meaning rhinos, but they were recommending people. And some of the people I had, I wouldn't have uh, used again. And now I know everybody. I know the good ones, the weak ones, the strong ones, the incompetent ones, the very smart ones that people don't know this, how smart they are. You know, those are the ones we like the best. But the fact is, I know the people now really well. Because, you know, I did, I won. I was a businessman. If you ever look at the charts, 92% of the people that became president were politicians. The other 8% were generals. So I was neither. I was neither of them. And I have the team ready on day one to start dismantling this nightmare. That is what people who love America are desperate to hear. 
And how about this? Could you work with Mitch McConnell if he is still in the Senate? Should you win re-election? Go. I don't know that I can work with him. He gave away trillions of dollars that he didn't have to, trillions of dollars. He made it very easy for the Democrats. When I wanted to build a wall, I ended up building the wall. You know what I did? I took it out of the military. I said, this is an invasion of our country. That's how I built the wall. I said, this is an invasion. I'm taking it out of the military because you couldn't get it out of Congress. So I don't know what his status would be. I think he probably at some point will uh, pull over if I win. I think he will pull over that it is absolutely necessary to identify and get rid of people who are pretenders. You're either for this or you're against us. That is the only message here. And Mitch McConnell clearly is against us. And finally, this one. Do critics of his comments about NATO, right? What do you what do you think about these people who are taking what you've said about NATO, i.e. we've got a couple dozen countries. Everybody should pay for the protection of everybody else. And if you don't, we will not defend you should your shores be attacked. Listen to the criticism that came out against Donald Trump for speaking the truth. And it starts with Hillary. Why is Donald Trump so enamored of Putin? Well, part of it is he's a wannabe dictator. He even said the other day, let's uh, basically get out of NATO and, you know, encourage Putin to do what he wants. All of us should reject the dangerous statements made by the previous president that invited Russia to invade our NATO allies if they weren't paying up. So does this mean you're not going to defend NATO countries if they haven't paid their two Point whatever well, percent. Uh, yeah, sort of. It does. We have, we have 28 countries. We have 28 countries, and they were taking advantage tremendously. You know, look, the European nations. I happened to be a long time ago. My parents, my grandparents came from a place called Europe, so I love it. But they are very smart, and they took advantage. They've taken advantage of us on trade, and they've taken advantage of us on NATO. And what happened, what I did, is I told them, if you don't pay up, I'm not going to defend you. And they said, I can't believe it. Nobody else ever said that. Bush came in, he made a speech, and they left. Obama came in, he made a speech. We were supporting almost 100%. In my opinion, we were paying for Europe's military, almost 100%, not 40% or 20%. They weren't paid up. And a question was asked by the head of a country, very strong question, at a big meeting, one night, 28 countries, sir, does that mean that if we don't pay, you will not defend us from Russia or whoever? I said, you say you didn't pay? You were delinquent? He said, yes, let's say we were, I would not defend you. Now, if I said I would defend them, they wouldn't have paid. As soon as I said, that's right, that's exactly what it means, the money came pouring in, billions of dollars, and the Secretary General, who couldn't believe it because he went through Obama, he went through Bush, he went through all of them, they never paid up. Everybody owed money. Of the 28 countries, eight had paid almost up. Like 11, have pay, 11 or 12 have now Very paid Very few, their- well, maybe. And it's amazing how it works. So why did I want you to hear those four audio sound bites from Donald Trump? Because these are things that the left will propagandize, will campaign against, will twist, will put out there on hack websites, will use dark money and garbage to fund to create the image that is not right. We will play for you 
the sound from the individual, him or herself. And that allows you to decide. You. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, it's a really sad story. Minneapolis, unlivable. A mass exodus. Why? Well, you know why. Next. So Liz Collin, we've had her on the program, journalist who bounced from her Minneapolis television job and went elsewhere, like so many independent journalists now are doing, so that the truth can come out. Not what everybody wants you to be talking about, but the actual truth. And she works for alphanews.org, and it is on that website and under her byline that I find this article today. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. And this is, this is how I feel about my neighborhood in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A, a place that you would move to 20-odd years ago because of the school, because of the neighborhood, because of the streets, because of the community vibe, because of the history, the safety. When all of that goes to crap... It's like a piece of you dies. And I don't want to stay here and see the final product because it will be absolutely spirit crushing. And so what are people doing? They're leaving. And they're taking their money with them. Couple flees Minneapolis as crime turns neighborhood they once loved into a third world country. That's what they're calling it. So this is the story, and, and you can tell me how, how similar this is to other ones in your neighborhood or in your footprint. It's not often a mid-morning interview starts with such a stern warning. Don't you tell her to be careful. Excuse me, didn't you tell her to be careful, John Ledeau asked. But a 29th and lake in Minneapolis outside of an old Victorian home that Jeff Memenga has meticulously cared for and owned for nearly two decades. We found a side of our city you won't see on the news. Yep, watch your back, he remarked to Apple News. So why is he saying this? Well, we love this area at first. We love the neighbors, but it's changed so much. We don't feel any public safety, and that should be our basic civil right, but we do not have that. This is two men who are together, who live in this house, it sits less than two miles from the former third precinct that was surrendered to the mob during the George Floyd riots. And it's also just steps away from their old neighborhood, destroy their own neighborhood destruction. One of the gentlemen says that was a gas station that burned down what used to be a shell gas station. More than three years later, the scars of those riots run deep. We experienced so much anxiety, it's not even funny. We were told we wouldn't have police, we wouldn't have fire, we wouldn't have any assistance when Lake Street, bur- Lake Street dur- burned down. They sent us a text to evacuate, they said. Ever since the riots and the pandemic, it's just gone downhill like there's no tomorrow. A bullet hole in the window is a subtle reminder of what the couple calls an open-air drug market that has taken over their block. To be honest, they crap in our backyard. Needles are everywhere. Prostitution happens. People sit on our porch like it is their house and they overdose. And we have to call 911 all the time. 
It happens at least once a week. It's insane. The couple say they recently dealt with a woman they saw smoking heroin on a front step. She just went and tipped over. I called 911. I'm like, this woman needs help. She needs that safety committee or whatever. They have no number to call. She woke up and she did it again. It was in November when they went outside to pick up their litter front yard, their litter filled front yard. And they're like, hey, to the people squatting in their property, can you move this along? There's no one to go to. There's no recourse. There's no law enforcement. Nobody's getting arrested. Nobody's being held accountable. And now it's just a total freaking free-for-all. And one of the gentlemen got hit when he asked them to move, got punched in the face, broken eye socket. This is what you're getting on America's street these days, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody will call 911 because they know nothing is going to happen. It's not the police. They're not the issue. The issue is the system and our socialist tree huggers who live here. When asked if they voted for any of this, they said no. No, we did not. And now they're trying to get out of the city, get out of their home. They've slashed their asking price. By $100,000 because they are so desperate to go somewhere where it's just normal again. 18 million people, Donald Trump said in the sound bites we just heard, by the time Joe Biden finally leaves, 18 million people will have invaded this country illegally. Among them, some of the worst of the worst coming to a zip code near you. Now, if that is not enough motivation to have each of us spend a little bit more time researching the people who say they've got our back, digging into who funds them, who are the donors, who were the donors connected to, what's in the past, What do you really want in our community? Because this starts at the local level. And America is dying. That's a terrible thing to say. But we want to tell you the truth. So coming up in the next hour of this program... Joe Biden finally has an epiphany because the polling submits that this is the biggest story in America right now to voters, immigration and the demise of our cities. Too little too late, Joe. I got a story for you. Immigration, the most pressing issue. And Van Jones, a Democrat operative, trying to blame Republicans for what's going on at the border. We'll dig in and we'll give you the actual truth next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.